Welcome back to the Off The Tips podcast, uh, a huge weekend, a major championship weekend that I, I can't can't wait to to rip into with just just the just the usual crew today, no no Monty, yeah, he was a little bit tied up, but AC, it was good to see you this weekend, how, how was your flight home? G'day Cal, yeah, it was tough actually, an hour delay, so I ended up kind of back home at 3.30, so it was a tough morning. I was pretty tired watching the golf, but hey, can't complain. Had the day off work, so it's not the end of the world. Yeah, that is that is a pretty tough scene, and we've gone we've gone through at length our, uh, our feelings about people in airports. Was there, were there any airport battlers on display on your, on your travels? Yeah, plenty. There was some early standers. There was a clap after the pilot landed the plane oh, yesterday. No. So, <laughs> yeah, and it, it didn't seem like that sketchy of a landing. So, like, I, I get it of like the planes all over the show and people want to have a little clap, but yeah, it did feel <laughs> a little bit unnecessary if you ask me. But hey, probably bigger fish to fry. <laughs> well, the biggest fish of them all this weekend was Brooks Kepka just. Geez, just making a habit of just getting these things done, kind of regardless. But in this case, it, we'd kind of seen it coming. Whereas, as kind of the last few years when he's been playing terrible, he hasn't even looked like scaring one. But geez, did just on Brooks, did you think he was done? Yeah, I did. And you only have to think back to that Netflix doco and. It seemed pretty grim. So kudos to him for turning this around and not just being like competitive. He's won now and could have easily won at Augusta as well. So it's pretty incredible. He's a, I admire him a lot, just the way he can peak for majors. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. I'm pretty sure on on this podcast I said at the start of the year when we were discussing what live players could win majors, I said, I think Brooks has done. I think the direct quote was, "You can put a fork in him." But <laughs> hey, I've been, I've been proven wrong, and I was quick, quickly, privately backtracking on that after I watched the Masters. I was like, "Oh, there's no way he's doing this twice." Um, and he was just so good. He just in that Netflix doco, he was stressing about his about his putting mostly and you gotta just only gotta think back to those majors that he that he won and how he was right in that Netflix series that he was just nails inside eight feet and just his lag putting and and cleaning up for par this week was just sensational. I don't have the stats in front of me but I can imagine he was Yeah I do. So he he was second in strokes gained tee to green and 13th in putting. So that's always a recipe. Like you, Most often I've noticed is if someone wins the golf tournament, they're normally top five in strokes gained tee to green and top 15, 20 in putting is kind of the recipe, um, which makes sense, doesn't it? But the thing about him, which 
is why he's so good at majors is that he just doesn't make mistakes. And when he does, he just takes his medicine and makes a bogey. So he plays quite conservatively. He doesn't go a lot of flags. He just sticks them pin high, middle of the green, and backs himself to make a few parts and just kind of waits for other people to crumble as well. And he knows that he's going to be kind of standing there at the end with the trophy. Which, like, it doesn't really fit his, like, persona or personality, really, the way he kind of plays golf. Like he, like you said, he is quite defensive and doesn't doesn't attack the golf course, but it, that's the recipe to winning major championships. And if there's any knock on the way Rory has gone about major championships, it's probably he could learn a thing or two from that. I know quite often he's played himself out of it because he's had to, He's had to fire at flags and that sort of stuff, but I think, I think, yeah, that's what <laughs> irritates me about Rory a little bit and what Brooks does so well. He just lags the ball up there with a pretty boring ball flight, just hits his driver a mile. It's just, oh. and he's so strong in the rough. Like he's just a big human mm. being that can generate so much speed when the when the ball's sitting down a little bit. Yeah, and the only really exciting part about his golf is his execution, right? As you kind of say, he doesn't shape the ball a lot. Um, doesn't kind of have a whole... I wouldn't say he has a whole lot of shots. He just has his stock shot and plays it so well. Uh, but it's pretty incredible that he has five majors and four PGA Tour wins. It's just, he's, just the, he's the anti-Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> yeah, that's a... That's a lot of majors, eh? Like he's in pretty rare company, and and he's still only thirty three. Like he could easily win, he could win another one this year. Like that just wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Now I just, Jeezy, he just never looked like getting beaten today. Yeah, agree. And going back to when you said um, that to put a fork in him, I think I did say that if anyone going to live would affect the least would be him because as you can see from the four tour wins, he doesn't give a shit about regular events. He just peaks for majors. So the fact he's at live just has no bearing on him whatsoever. I think he does a lot of the groundwork at home, just grinding on the range. So he's ready and he just knows that he can switch on and flick a switch. How does that, that attitude go towards his smash GC teammates though? (laughs) <laughs> like, do, do you reckon they just know he's showing up and he doesn't give a fuck, or do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's won, won a couple of events, so <laughs> I'm sure they're they're pretty content. But it is it is pretty funny that he yeah he can just get himself right up for for the big the big events, and I'm sure it'll be no no different at LACC. Mm. And just his attitude, right? So I remember him saying it would have been. 2018 somewhere along those lines where he's just like majors are easier because there's only 20 guys i need to beat because i know the rest like the rest of them will melt kind of thing and i remember at the time thinking oh that's a bit kind of wanky like but he's right he's a hundred percent right like when when i think about punting on majors maybe it's just because i've won this week but i actually find it considerably easier because you can put a line through a lot more players yeah that's Probably a, a fair argument, and yeah, there's just a lot of like there. There are not a whole heap of guys that 
love it when it gets hard as well. Mm. So it's pretty like there are those guys and they're quite often Europeans and, and guys that have got a bit of a edge to them like Brooks, but there are a lot of, for a lack of a better term, flat track bullies out there that, that could pinch some of the easier venues, but Oak Hill this week, I think it, it was always, the cream was always going to rise to the top. And you saw that with Scheffler, McRoy hanging around Victor Hovland, who's been, playing really well and finishing strong at at major championships recently. So I think you're definitely right in that department. Are you prepared to put, try guess a number of major wins for Brooks? Jeez. It's like, okay, let's say he stays healthy, healthy for five years, seven, maybe eight. Yeah. I think that's That's a number. It is. But he can do it because he knows he's going to yeah. front up and put himself in the equation. Yeah. Oh, it's it's wild. I can't, can't believe Brooks, Brooks Kepka could get to eight majors. He could double the amount of majors Rory has. That just, that just doesn't make sense to me. But yeah. um, I just was going to say, like, how do you think – do you think that that he can win a Claret Jug, Brooks? Yes, I th- – do think it would need to be a bit benign conditions. I don't know if he has all the shots if it gets really windy, but that could be an uneducated take too. He doesn't come across as an ultra-creative player, does he? Nah. It's, it's, it's pretty going through the motions. It's, it's, like, it's like watching a machine, mm. which isn't a knock. It's just he is just so robotic and does – everything so so well but yeah i don't know i i'm starting to starting to think he definitely can i wouldn't i wouldn't have said said that maybe five or six months ago i would about now i i definitely think he's a huge stiff which isn't a big big call i just think yeah i'm starting to really circle him at hoy lake yeah, Hoylake's a much better setup for him than a few of the other open venues. Uh, hey, what about Victor this week? I I thought he played bloody well today. He didn't go away. Um, we've been a little bit critical of him in final rounds, but today he played a seriously nice round of golf, and I hope he takes a lot out of that. Yeah, I was, I was rooting for him today, although we have been critical. It was never because we didn't like him as a player like I would have I would have loved to see him win today but yeah it just I just don't think Brooks was ever, ever getting beaten regardless of what Victor posted but yeah. it was it was a bit of a tough scene on on 16 or was it 17 where he 16 hit one into yeah we hit one into the lip of the bunker wasn't the first bloke to do that this week either but I I, I don't think that really affected it just probably affected him having second alone yeah, I don't think I think Brooks would have got to ten. He would have found a way. So I don't think it's too big a deal. But yeah, I want to clear the air a little bit on that as well. I think I think you mentioned last week that we don't think he can get it done in the final round, which is not necessarily true. I just haven't seen evidence of it yet. But he has all the games suggest that he's going to sort that stuff out. He's going to win a few majors. So 
Yeah, it'll be good. I'll be rooting for him when he does. Yeah, uh, another. I thought in oh. that battle between those two, I thought the big one was on thirteen when Victor um, buried that birdie part on the par five, and Brooks had that real slippery yuck part down the hill for par, and just drills yeah. it. Yeah, which his putting just eye test wise as well was just cheesy. Some of those putts just did not look like it missing the hole. Like you know, sometimes they they're sneaking in the side and and just creeping their way in. These were just he hit all his putts with such authority. He was so impressive. And just on Victor, I think the next two majors set up pretty well for him as well. I think Hoy Lake's a a golf course that he can thrive at and he'd be used to playing in some kinditties being from Norway but yeah I think it's yeah like like you said it's not going to be long before he he picks one of these up and he in my opinion is a far more complete player than like Colin Morikawa the, the same same sort of age and yeah Colin picked up those two majors or one and a half major and I just think that Victor's looking like a more complete, well-rounded player. I don't know what you think. but Yeah, and it showed this week. He was third tee to green, which is pretty standard for him. He flushes it, but he was 10th in strokes gained around the green, which is a massive improvement from him. ITS-wise, looks a lot better too. He's actually hitting the ball, ball first and clean. So he's obviously tidied that part up of his game, and that just it just bodes well for the future. Like I'm buying the Victor Hovland no. stock. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'd probably say the same thing. I would like to see him win a big tour event, but yeah, it's me too. If he keeps playing, if he, if he keeps playing like this, you just know it's it's not far away. <laughs> Do you want to discuss the elephant in the room, the 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 block man, Michael Block, the forty six year old PGA professional that. <laughs> Finished in a tie for fifteenth. I see. I know you've got some some opinions on on the coverage of him, but we will just disclaimer at the start. <laughs> he he played unbelievably this week and like just showed a lot of class for a for a club pro. Which hey, I know I know he's played about twenty five tour events as well, but it was it was impressive. But <laughs> was it too much airtime? Yeah, I'm not a blockhead. I, um, I just, uh, yeah, it's not so much, hey, great performance. It was a pretty good story, but it's also, it's not so much directed at him at all. It's the, it's just the narrative, the carry on. Like I follow a lot of golf stuff on socials, which is probably my own fault. And it was just suffocating. Like you would have thought this guy was going to win. and. He holds that putt on the last. Nance calls it the best up and down of all time. Well, one of the greatest up and downs of all time, I thought. think he said. Oh, that that makes me sick. He kind of like crouches down after he makes this putt for T15 or whatever. And it's just like, I just thought it was a lot of mayo is probably. And, man, I sound like a killjoy, but I just thought, I just, it got to the point where I was like, I just don't want to see this guy. Like, get him off my screen. And he made that ace, which was pretty cool. Yeah, actually, I should have. The ace, the ace should have been discussed first. The ace was amazing. Like, 
he's just dunked it as well, which is even more impressive. Um, but it was the way, as, to be fair, the one thing that was annoying me is he was holding like six footers and acting all surprised and really playing to it. I'm like, mate, you, you even through three rounds on a hard golf course, like this is no fluke. Like you, you can hold a six footer. You obviously clearly. play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, that stuff just rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, not going to lie. What about yeah. you? <laughs> oh, I'm a, look, I, I was going to try and disagree with you just for the sake of the podcast, but I don't really have an argument. I'm firmly in the in the same boat. I, the, the, the part, I was like, oh, maybe AC's being a little bit harsh. And then I went on Twitter as well and was like <laughs> – he was bringing grown men to tears for a T15 <laughs> finish, and that, and I was like, "That is just he's he can't be." He can't. But yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Luke Alvey tweeted, "I I can't believe someone would cry about that." Seriously, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind if he's in a feature group at the Colonial next week. Jerking <laughs> yeah. his odds on party needs to be cancelled. Someone get in there and stop it. Call some cool <laughs> noise control. Yeah, someone, please. There's just... Someone's uncle's running riot at this block party. It needs to be shut down. Oh. But, yeah, like, he's played 25 tour events, once on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's played on the PGA Tour four times this year. Played at the American Express... Oh, sorry, three times this year. The American Express Farmers Insurance and the PGA. Like, it's a Did he make any of the cuts at the other two? Nah. He did. He missed the cut at the American Express, and I'm pretty sure, sure he was shot seven under through two rounds or something. Right. The one thing Which I will is, say, like, he looked like he was having the time of his life, and good on him. I don't want to take that away from him. It's more the, the circus around him rather than him himself. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And and I think that encouraged some of the uh, borderline punishing behavior from him. And I tell you what, that was rammed down your throat. At the amount of the prize money that he won was like the equivalent of giving like two and a half thousand golf lessons. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. But he's playing on like mini tours. Like most of the time, anyway, I, he's he's only doing doing like two two coaching sessions a week. I'm pretty sure it's like he is playing professional golf fairly regularly. Yeah, and that's that's probably what my issue was with it. I just thought it was a lot of Americans do that too, don't they? Like they they do they they really run with a story. Um, yeah, and golf in general as well, because golf. Golf needs stories like that, and but they yeah. just get overdone when it happens. Yeah, absolutely. But mate, full credit to him. What a what an impressive week, and no no doubt we'll we'll see see more coverage of him over the next week and and next year at the PGA as he's qualified again. But we'll move on to the the new world number one, Scotty Scheffler. Just a a third round that that killed him really. He played well today and hmm. just too little too late for, for Scotty, but she's a, he, only he's really a nine this year. And even that third round, it was only really a nine-hole stretch too. Like it, it wasn't the whole round that he played bad. He bounced back, but, yeah, it's 
It's pretty incredible. He's same as Ram. They just find ways to get their nose in the tournament. And it's it's hard to see Scheffler in the next three to four years not picking off a few majors if he's going to do that because he's pretty unflappable. He didn't hold a putt outside 15 feet this week. First tee to yeah. green. His, his ball striking is so dependable. He didn't putt terrible, terrible. He has 35 strokes gained, so he's better than the average, but still it's not going to quite get it done to win a golf tournament. Yeah, you need, you need a couple of big ones to go in to really swing mm. momentum your way. But, look, I don't really have a whole heap to add on on Scotty. I was pretty confident that he'd win at the start of the week, and it was looking good. But even at the I start of the day, I was like... I think at the midpoint, you and me both said it was a wrap. Yeah, we did. Lucky we didn't say that publicly, but, we, yeah, we've said it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I've got, no, I've got nothing really to add on Scotty. It's just nah, come to be what you, what you expect from him. So mm. we'll talk about Rory... God, he fanned it off the tee, didn't he? Oh. Yeah. The last two rounds, he started to find it. He drove the ball a lot better. But he just, he was, I've never seen him so openly honest about just not having it. He was just like, I just feel so uncomfortable over the ball. Uh, and that's a credit to his class, in my opinion, to finish T7 after feeling like that. Maybe people can look at it the other way, and that's fair too. But I thought... I thought it was good to see some grind from him after the Masters. Yeah. Does do you think that this Brooks win will really inspire him if he if he needed to be inspired anymore? I don't really I don't really know, but do you think that it'll just add a bit of fuel to the fire? I hope it does. I think it should as a competitor and like if Rory sits back at the end of the, his career and like yeah, we've gone on about how good Brooks is, but if he if Brooks outdoes him in majors at the end of his career, I feel like that would feel like a bit of a failure for him, to be honest. Um, and I hope it urges Spieth and JT on too. And Ram, those guys that are kind of at that two to four mark. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think it'll only be natural that it that it spurs him on on a bit and look, hope like these majors are pretty pretty close together. Hopefully he can just find something before I really I've said this about three guys on one podcast I think it's going to be Royal Liverpool if it's going to be anywhere this year for Rory but yeah, yeah. I think get your futures tickets on I reckon he's he's going to win me and Monty are going to be there we'll be fanboying off the touch on the ground yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll just be might get an interview with him <laughs> yeah hopefully we've got our passes by then but hey Walk around the lanyard <laughs> feeling important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, is there anyone else from that kind of first page of the leaderboard that you that you want to discuss or talk about? Um, not not right up there. Is anyone you want to talk about that finished? Well, I think we. I think we could talk about Foxy straight off the off the bat. What a start! Yeah. And then just kind of faltered, but I suppose everyone. Most people listening will, will know how Foxy went. It was a tie for twenty third and a pretty good pretty good week, considering. But do you, do you think this is a pass mark for him, or do you think the way he started it should have been better? I think I think it's a pass mark, probably a little bit. I think given the circumstances that he'd been sick, um, he just had his second daughter. I think he flew in on the Sunday, so he would have had a little bit of jet lag. Um, so. 
from that respect, I feel like T23 is a great result. Yeah, I, I agree. When you when you look at the players he beat, Mickelson, Johnson, Homer, Rahm, Thagala, Moronk, Matsuyama, Spieth, Scott, it probably Morikawa, just to name a few. It is probably a, a pretty good week for him, all things considered. Mm. What a what a day that first round was. Jeezy played well. And that was always going to be probably a little bit hard to sustain after just not having a whole heap of golf, just not through any fault of his own, but but yeah. just the circumstances this... of life. I, he was in the floods too. Like he mm. couldn't practice. I saw that somewhere yeah. as well. So, yeah, I think temporary membership though on the, on the yeah, PGA it's... Tour, so which is great. We're going to see a bit more of him and, and our other – one of our other favourite golfers, Minwoo Lee, playing more in America, which is going to be really good. And there's not absolutely no reason why neither of those guys can can pick up a win on the PGA Tour. Mm. For sure. And going back to that first round, I remember I think I put in the chat like he he gained a ridiculous amount of strokes in putting that first round, so it didn't feel that sustainable. A little bit of just like covering a few kind of holes I guess 23rd and putting for the week so pretty pretty good by his standards like that that's been massive improvement in his game and it's probably what he could lean on because he said he didn't feel like he was hitting it that well and it's good that he can bail out with the putter now but I also would add that I yeah. do think we can probably start to be harder on Foxy just because he is 40th in the world at the moment, and he was 25th. So T23rd at a major shouldn't be a shock to anyone. No, it's it, you're right. I don't think it's a shock, and I think he was a massive over. Is it about 200 to 1 to win? Mm. That was borderline insulting, to be honest. Yeah. Anyone hey, so I want to shout out Tyrrell Haddon. I thought, man, he showed some fight. 77 first round, managed to get to T15. It could have got ugly. I imagine there was some serious moaning that first round too. Uh, so it was good to see him just... Ooh. A guy who we thought would go quite well on a tough setup, just fight hard. Yeah, he's got he's got a bit of fight in him, Terrell. And the, man, harp on about it. Guys, guys from England can play in the wet, man. So, uh, yeah. He, geez, I've said this a lot as well. A win can't be far away for him. He's, I just feel like he's top five and top tening every week. Like, come on, man. Please. Because I love watching him play. Oh, yeah. Maybe LACC. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Just not really on on uh, any players in particular, but we'll, we'll run through our weekly punts. AC starting to... Starting to run me down with the collect on Brooks. I had a big duck egg by by my name this week. My punts were Scotty Scheffler win, John Rahm win, Rory win, Homer top 10, Foxy top 10, Hatton win, Fleetwood first round lead, and AC just went all win bets. Scott, Sungjae, Fitzy, Brooks, Xander, Rahm and Scheffler, and obviously Brooks got you back well into the green so well done mate it was good you were due one yeah i've been lining up the wind punts trying to catch you i finally 
finally landed one. I actually backed on my own account too and backed him top love player. So it was a good weekend on the punt. Sungjae was a real mess though. He he shot about a million. <laughs> yeah, and he like he was at thirty one bucks and Foxy at two hundred and one. Like that that rubs me the wrong way. Sungjae's a considerably what better player our, than Fox. Yeah, I know, but like that's such a big dispersion. Yeah, like, he's not a a hundred and seventy to one better than him. Like yeah. he's yeah, he's, no, I'd, I'd, he's better. I'd agree like with that. I'd say like I'd say fifty dollars for Foxy would have been would have been fair money. Ahead of my Fleetwood. eyes, Fleetwood. I reckon eighty to ninety probably would have been about about. Like, but, right. but hey, they both won the same amount on the. PGA Tour, so. Yeah. <laughs> We're not bookmakers, so. Um, how how much of our uh, PGA bingo card did you see? We, we chucked out a bingo card of things you'll probably hear at the PGA Tour, uh, at the PGA Championship. Uh, a couple of examples are Rory's wife is from the area, Terrell Hatton's entertaining, JT's dad's a PGA professional, along those, along those lines. So, I heard a fair chunk of them. I heard all of those three, I think. So, oh yeah, they were yeah. they were morals. I didn't see a lot of JT this week. New Zealand coverage, we don't get it all like you do. Um, and so I just, yeah, I barely oh, no, saw we JT didn't get it all either, actually. So that was that was yeah. tough. The two guys that uh, what, shocked what me, um, Adam Scott. And DJ looked like they were going to be in it for the long haul on the first round. They were striping the shit out of it. Mm. Adam Scott was number one in driving that day, and then the next day rolls out of bed and was like 90th in driving. So that was – I did not see that change coming. I thought they both kind of fell away, which was hard to see. I, I would have liked to see both of them in contention. Yeah, another guy – not that he, he didn't play well at all uh, – Matt Fitzpatrick, I did not expect that from him either. Just no, proper. Just there was a few of them on, and just yeah. Like Cam Young, like I did not expect that first round for him. Yeah, Finau, like they both made the cut, but ultra disappointing weeks from guys that I thought would be there or thereabouts. Hey, I, I must – I've got to backtrack on something I said. I thought the Live guys would really struggle at majors, but some of them seem to thrive playing a bit fresher. And there's a few PGA Tour players that I think could be kind of pretty gassed at the moment. Not so much because golf is physically tiring, but mentally. It's mm. a fair point you make. I think I think it'll probably go both ways. I – I don't think live suiting guys like Cam Smith, but yeah, mm. guys like Brooks and DJ. I I think it it definitely and Phil, because like, but yeah, I think I think it just goes both ways. Like a, a guy that if he had been playing on the PGA Tour all year, Yaquin Neiman, I would have thought that he would have had a better performance this week, and he just missed the cut by a million. So. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. You could probably argue both sides of the fence there. Mm. Yeah, I, it's definitely a wait and see as well. I, I think we probably need a sample size of about 10 majors, I reckon, until we can 
really make some kind of conclusions about it. Yeah, that's that's probably fair to say. Uh, did you see the Tom Kim, the Tom Kim tumble in the swamp on the first round? Yeah, it was great scenes. The, oh, hilarious! The commentary of it was just so well done. They were just losing it. They didn't pan away from it. They didn't pan to shots. They you just saw it all unfold. And oh, Tom Kim's a great fella. Yeah. For those of you that didn't see it, uh, Tom Kim hit his hit his ball into a hazard. It was like a swampy hazard, and I think he could see it, but it was one of those like like muddy areas where you think that it's all good. You can if you take your shoes off, you can walk in it. And I think he thought he'd be able to play it, but it was just like it was halfway up his thigh deep mud, and he just sunk and then fell over belly first into it and had to go out and rinse himself off in the in, a, in the stream that I can't imagine would have been too warm considering it was about five degrees. <laughs> it was a real kind of club golf moment. Maybe not club golf when you're just playing when you're a kid and someone just gets a bit brave and just takes a tumble. And then there was the frost delay. It was, it was kind of there was some weird shit going on early in the tournament. Hey, Cal, what about – is there anything else you saw this week that you want to bring to light? Not off the top of my head, no. Uh... I've re- I must say I've really enjoyed the last two PGAs. I've been at tough setups. I feel like they're starting to go a little bit more towards the US Open setup, and it's good to just see pros a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. I agree, but the next two are going to be average. Valhalla yeah. and Quail Hollow. Just like they'll probably set them up hard, but I just I don't see anyone being under 10 under there. But yeah, I've, I agree with you. I think Southern Hills was, was gun, and then this year was almost even better, I'd say. Yeah, and it's just a good way to. It's just a really good kind of sidestep away from PGA Tour events where you've got to get after and shoot 16, 18 under. It's just like a really nice change of pace to watch, I feel. Yeah, it's good to see guys sweating over 10-footers for par. It's it's great to see. Well, mate, I I think that's about us for today. What a what a good week the, the PGA was and I can't wait to watch... <laughs> the block man at the colonial next week but guys we appreciate you tuning in and if you if you enjoy the podcast like subscribe and and follow and look we'll we'll catch you next week to to break down some more golf and i promise the playoff holes will be back so ac i'll i'll catch you next week and see you guys later that's your home Peace you out. for your home